Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your lovable host, Tom Dahmers. I'm thrilled you are here today. In Season 3, Episode 14, we had a very special guest, my wife, Julie. We had a great discussion about the five steps to developing a simple and intentional life. And you, the listeners, responded. We had about a 1,000 downloads of that podcast, and we had a lot of engagement from the audience. Julie wanted to come back to build on that podcast, and we're back to discuss one of the five steps in more detail, decluttering. In this episode, we discuss how to declutter to make a simple and intentional life. In case you're new to our podcast and blog, Small Scale Life is about... A little simple living. A little urban homesteading and gardening. And... A a lot lot of of adventures adventures along the way. way. We're thrilled you're here and listening to our show or reading our blog. That means a lot to us. And frankly, we wouldn't do this if you weren't part of our Small Scale Life. Thank you so much for listening. Before we begin this episode, let's hear from some friends of Small Scale Life. Our first friend of Small Scale Life is Aussie Flame Weeders. My friend Mick at Aussie Flame Weeders is offering flame weeders to reduce your non-revenue workload. If you want to eliminate weeds from your garden beds, a flame weeder is an efficient way to do it. I mean, who doesn't want to burn pesky weeds with fire? Mick's flame weeders are perfect for 30-inch or 80-centimeter garden beds and feature five stainless steel burners, 16-inch wheels, and an ergonomic design that carries a propane tank so you don't have to. Even if you don't want to purchase a flame weeder, sign up on Aussie Flame Weeders' email list to get access to videos and other information. Our second friend of Small Scale Life is Gnarled Knot Design. From the land of Illinois, our good friends Phil and Jen love to create furniture and home decor items to make your house feel like a cozy home. Since they're running out of space in their own home, they decided to share their items with others. So if you're looking for customized and personalized furniture, signs, or other items, connect with Phil and Jen at Gnarled Knot Design on Facebook, Instagram, or Etsy. Well, thank you to our friends of Small Scale Life. Remember, if you have a product or service that you would like to be discussed here on Small Scale Life, contact me at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com or use the Contact Us page on smallscalelife.com. And now, without further ado, let's get into our show for today. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Got through all of our friends of Small Scale Life. We are happy that they're there and part of our story. And I'm happy. I'm really excited to have our guest on tonight. It's her second time on the podcast. She did such a great job last time, and we had so much fun. On our 80th episode, I had to bring back my wife, Julie. Welcome back to the show. Well, hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> this is take two, everybody. So, you know, we're just trying to, we just had dinner and we're trying to get into it here on the Kitchen Table Podcast Studio here at uh, the Small Scale Life Studios in Minneapolis. But yeah, we're really excited to be back. We had to, we had to follow up on our last episode where we, where Jules was here. We wanted to talk a little bit more about decluttering and getting organized. You know, the podcast that you're on, Jules, it was probably our second highest downloaded podcast ever. So that was really cool. There's really there was really a lot of people that were interested in the topic and be having a simple life and simplifying. I think it's a topic that really resonates with a lot of different 
people, no matter what phase of life you're in. On our walk before dinner, we were talking about one of the podcasts you were listening to. They were talking about the four different, there's really four generations right now that are trying to downsize. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. It was taken from an article. I was listening to the Minimalist podcast and they were uh, talking about an article that they had read and I didn't uh, get the name of the person, but it is in their show notes. So I can go back and look at it. The point of the article was that as our parents are aging, no matter you know which stage of life you're in, and they have to downsize, what do you do with with all of the stuff? And it was, I, I think, the title of the article was, "Hey, mom and dad, we don't want your stuff." The gist of it was that the guy in the article had said that there were this was the first time in history that there were two generations downsizing at the same time. And then the minimalist guys made the point that really it's three or four generations. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, and what, what do you call the I've always World called War the, II era? Yeah, the, the greatest generation. The greatest generation. Sure. You know, some of, some of them are still around mm-hmm. and, and have gone into maybe assisted living or mm-hmm. downsized or have passed away. Um, and then you have the baby boomers. Right. And they're having to deal with their parents' stuff. But then they're at a stage in their life that they want to downsize. Right. right. A lot um, of them are heading to Florida or Arizona or Texas or yeah. or other places or wanting to travel. And some right. of them are just flat out buying RVs and driving around. And, and they've got houses and cabins full of stuff. Right. And then there's our generation, you know, the Generation X, that... You know, I think a lot of us have realized that we have been working ourselves to the bone to pay for these big houses Mm -hmm. and all this stuff that we really just don't need and don't want. So like you and I have downsized, um, or as I heard the minimalists refer to it, we've right-sized. And I love that. I'm totally Mm going to adopt that. And then you have the millennials. And, you know, they they haven't even ever upsized because, you know, let's face it, some of them haven't are just starting their careers. Or And I do really think millennials, a lot of them have the attitude that they want to live a simple life. I mean, I think this is where a lot of the simple living is, is... coming from. I think the millennials are really driving a lot of that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we call them the trendies, you know, the people with with a beard and a flannel shirt and the very expensive leather belts and shoes and drinking kale smoothies and wheatgrass stuff, you know, those types that the Regen Dads talk about on their podcast. I think they've really adopted this. And some of them are just, uh, we have friends whose kids are traveling the world and they are right. doing a job in... in as a nanny in one country for four months and then they earn enough money and they're moving to another country and they're teaching English for six months and they're moving to another country and they're having all these adventures all over the world. And it's just a different mindset, different, uh, different approach to it than, than the greatest generation that suffered through the depression and then world war two and, and, you know, Korean war. And, you know, then we're getting into the boomers, you know, and, and just a different mindset altogether. And a lot of our peer group right now, we are hitting empty nester stage. A lot of our, we're just getting there. We had right. our kids young. Um, we have a lot of friends that have, you know, younger children yet, but there are several people that I know in our peer group that are 
in the same place that we are mm-hmm. and and want the same thing. They just want a simpler, right. smaller scale life. Mm-hmm. Going back to, you know, we, we like to quote Dave Ramsey a lot. One of the things we had quoted in our last pod, podcast that he says a lot is, you know, we're living living these lives, working our butts off making money to to buy things to impress people that we really don't like. You know, that's a generalization. Right. But really, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. And another thing that I had heard Dave Ramsey say once upon a time that really struck home to me was we, our generation, maybe Generation X or not millennials so much, but we want immediately or we wanted upon graduating college Mm -hmm. to have what our parents had, but what took them 25 years to build up to, we expected to have that immediately upon graduation. So, you know, what did we do? We went and we financed a big house and Mm -hmm. we financed cars. And, you know, it was all about having this, this status symbol that really didn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a status symbol built on a, and a a go-go lifestyle built on a a debt and consumption model. It's really not sustainable in the long run. I mean, um, eventually the credit dries up and, and, and you have a correction like 2008, a lot of us really got spanked in 2008 and really had to step back and reassess everything. Some of us did. Some of us didn't. Some of us are still consuming and borrowing like mad. But um, Yeah, that was a real eye-opener for Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and seeing what happened to that big house that we couldn't afford and and the value of it. Mm -hmm. And when the time came that we had to sell, you know, for a career change – and a move out of state, it was it was horrible. Yeah. It was a bad situation. So yeah. you know, we we learned. You know, you go through life, you learn, you learn lessons, you make mistakes, and and you just learn and you grow from it. Past week has been busy. I went over to uh, Wisconsin to help on a aquap- a small aquaponics project for school. And while I was gone, you were busy. I was. What were you doing? Well, we still have a pretty big project. Down in our basement. You know, in the last podcast, we were talking about how we have downsized into the smaller house and we have emptied out our storage locker and uh, we've been going through my mom and dad's stuff that remained in the house that we're buying. We're buying my parents' house. And uh, we still have a lot, a lot of stuff for people that are talking to you about minimizing and decluttering. We're still in the process, but it it really does it really does work. I just cannot even tell you how freeing it is to just get rid of the the overwhelming amounts of stuff. So I was working on the basement, uh, going through stuff, and we had uh, some. We had more bins Mm -hmm. that we had to go through, and I took a whole nother load of stuff to the thrift store to donate, and, you know, there was some stuff not worth keeping that I had to throw away, Um, gave away a little bit more stuff, but really made a lot of progress on our project in the basement. Right, right. Well, and it's an overall project. If For those of you who are new to the podcast and to our story, we we had everything. Uh, we were living in a rental house in a nearby suburb, and we moved everything into storage as we moved to the smaller house. And then we moved everything from the storage locker to this house. So we had bins and boxes on top of bins and boxes, and we had to go through everything. And Jules has been taking the lead on all of this, doing a really good job job with it and 
sometimes pulling me along because I'm more the, uh, well, you know. <laughs> well, you're the visionary and you have a lot of things you want to do, yes. but we cannot function with things the way they are right. down there. So I am of the mindset that we have to clear it out and start fresh. Right. We can't start any new projects until we get this one done. He just rolled his eyes at me. <laughs> I have plans. I have ideas. Yeah, I, I know. Have all I know. These things. So let's get this stuff done. <laughs> right. Exactly. Otherwise, so, you know what I'll do with all your stuff down well, there. Well, it'll all get thrown in the garbage. <laughs> no, I'll donate it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it, it really comes down to decluttering, you know, and getting rid of the clutter, getting rid of the excess. And uh, I know you have that stuff. Not you, Jules, but. I'm talking to our listeners. You have that little pile of stuff that you just got in the corner. That's your someday pile. Well, someday, you know, I might need the this well, big pot or this big blanket or this big, you know, closet full of stuff. Well, we keep the just in case items. Yeah. You yeah. know, well, I might need that. Right. Down the road, just in case. But in listening to The Minimalists, you know, I heard... Joshua say, rather than think of it as a just-in-case item, think of it as a just-for-when item. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to keep a a, a whole hoard of this stuff, a whole stockpile, but there might be a few things that you have, like, you know, like a bandsaw Mm -hmm. that you're not going to use on a regular basis, but you might have a project coming up that you need it for, or maybe it's something that you can share with somebody else. Mm -hmm. But there are going to be, I mean, realistically, there's some things that you're not going to use all the time that you need to keep. So, you know, you're keeping your just for one. So when I do this project, and if in a year you don't do a project or you don't see yourself using it, then you get rid of, right? you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, they talk about is the 2020 rule. And I think we, we touched we on this a little bit, maybe in the last podcast. Oh it's yeah. One this thing, is the $20. Yeah, yeah. And I think really what it is, is if it's something that you can replace for $20 or less and you can get it by driving less than 20 miles, mm-hmm. then get rid of it because you are going to be hanging on to this potentially big thing taking up a lot of space and you know you could easily just go you know find it on craigslist and drive down the road and pick it up for 20 bucks right and obviously you know your mindset might change a little bit depending where you are and what's what's your goals i mean example my grandma was out in the you know in the 50s 60s 70s even 80s i mean there was no cell phone coverage out there even in the 90s, it was still fairly remote. I mean, there wasn't a hardware store nearby. So there were some supplies you needed to keep on hand to run a resort. Now, granted, she had garages and barns full of stuff that she was not using. But, you know, I think depending on your goals, there might be a little stash you need to keep. I mean, I know some of our homesteader friends are out a little bit and they might need to keep an extra few things on hand to keep their operations going, you know, uh, whether it's irrigation or farm equipment or, you know, that kind of stuff or, or vehicles, you know, right. so it really depends on your situation and goals. Right. But a lot of us are carrying just too much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Way too much stuff. Absolutely. So in our last podcast that we did together, we had talked about the five steps to developing a simple and intentional life. Yep. And so what we wanted to do was, since this was, was a topic that really seemed to resonate with a lot of people, and because this is something that I am very passionate about, and, and I know that you are 
getting on board. <laughs> I mean, you're, Don't touch my gardening stuff. <laughs> you are very into the simple and intentional living. It's just the decluttering. That's a little bit of a challenge. I come by it naturally. I, I do. know you do. Oh, do. God, yes, you do. <laughs> So um, what we thought we would do in this podcast is just, you know, take take one of the steps and really break it down. Yeah. And, and so for our next five podcasts, we're mm-hmm. going to take each one of the steps and, and break it down. Right. So the first step that we talked about was eliminating clutter. Right. So that's what we, you know, we've been getting around to. And what we wanted to do was share with you how to declutter your way to a simple and intentional lifestyle. So, you know, we came up with six different steps mm-hmm. right. to work your way through this process. Right. Because and for everyone, it's going to be a little bit different. Absolutely. Yep. So for the first step in decluttering, we just said, determine your timeline and formulate your strategy. Because... This is going to look different for everybody. I mean, you know, I was really racking my brain trying to say, okay, take one week to work through the whole house or one month or Mm -hmm. take it one room at a time. And really, it's it's going to depend on what your life is like, how much time you have. Right what your goals are. Maybe you only need to work through a basement storage room. Maybe you only need to work through a couple of closets or drawers. But I, I you know, what I thought I would do I, was share how we did it. Right. And, you know, maybe there could be some takeaways from that. But really it is just kind of determine your your time frame. Right. Because right now with our basement project, we have a deadline on that. April 5th is when we need to have all the clutter cleared out because that's when my dad is coming and we mm-hmm. are going to start some construction projects right. down there. So, so we can't do construction when we have a bunch of bins of stuff in right, the way. Right. So we're probably going to slim down to one podcast per week here while we're getting everything done, you know, and uh, just really we need to, I need to focus, <laughs> we, I need to focus on getting some stuff done and sorted through and, and decided. But, um, you know, I think the other factor here is what are you going through? Some of that stuff might be stuff that's really hard to go through. Pictures, right? That's stuff yes. that is really hard to deal with. And, oh, man, these pictures have been around longer than we've been alive. Do I really want to get rid of those or how do I deal with those? So right. it really, I think it really depends on what it is. And that the pictures, that was too. actually a question that one of our listeners asked mm-hmm. us was, what do I do with all of these pictures? Right. Know, they all have meaning. Some of them are printed pictures. Some of them are digital pictures. You know, and it's just, it's this big, overwhelming thing. And I am right there yeah. with you on that one because I have the same thing. I mean, I ended up with all of my mom's pictures. Right. And my mom had given each one of us kids a, a box full of pictures right. before she even passed away. Mm-hmm. And then and then we have all of her pictures and photo albums on top of it. And I have a number of my own boxes of pictures that I do have that project set away, and that's going to be a next winter project. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit because that was something that I think, uh, you know, is, is a struggle for a lot of people. Right. And I do know what the minimalists recommend is going digital yeah. with all of your pictures. And, you know, if it's, if it's printed pictures, 
scan them all and archive them in mm-hmm. a way that works for you. Right. They like to use uh, the digital picture frames yeah. to display them. Yeah, we've got one that I need to get into and update. But really, I think yeah. the technology has come a long way since that old one. I mean, we were in Illinois when we had that. and uh, But that was it's great to see the pictures scroll through of different events and things. And it's not right. the problem with some of the old photo albums that even we have. They're the falling glue, apart. The glue eats the pictures or the bindings fall apart part and you got pages all over the place. I mean, some of the I stuff. I mean, I think this is a this is a problem from mm-hmm. way back when right. pictures first came to be. I mean, everyone, you know, all the old Right. old historic pictures are mm-hmm. fading and yeah. and you know, so this is a struggle. So having digital good digital copies that you keep backups of. Right. But also like for me, I decided I can't just have digital copies. It brings me joy to sit and look at pictures. But do I need photo album after photo album after photo album? I mean, we probably have 10 photo albums, and it only gets up to Ryan being about two years old. Right. And he's 19 people. Right. So we have a lot of pictures <laughs> that we need to do something with. Right. So Imagine me taking a lot of pictures with film, yes. So, I have all my slides too. We, yeah. So what I've decided that I think what I think is going to work for me and what I am going to do next winter is I am going to create a Shutterfly photo book. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those small eight by eight books for each year of our life from the day we got married on, and that's what we'll keep. And those will be out, and we can grab them and look through them. Um, and then we'll have all the photos archived, but it's going to be a big, a big project. scanning project for. Yeah, that's a really big project. That's going to be a winter project. And we might need a scanner for that. I don't know. Well, and the other thing is, is there are services out there. Mm-hmm. There are companies that will you can send your photos to, and they will scan them for you. So right. I am. That day may come where I decide that that cost is is worth, worth it. it. Yeah. Because I don't know, I mean, with the amount of time that I know this is going to take to go yeah. through, but I still need to go through them because, you know, you print you, from back in the day of taking pictures, you know, you'll print it out, print out a whole roll of film yeah. to maybe get five or six true. pictures that that's are really true. ones that you want to keep. Yep. So, and that's, you know, that's just, that's going to be a big project. But that's, you know, so it's either go completely digital with them or, you know, maybe keep some photo albums if that's what you love. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to do the Shutterfly books. That's that's my thing with the pictures. Yeah, and you know, if someone out there in our audience, if that's your business, why don't you get a hold of us? I mean, we don't have any paying affiliates right now, so you know, if we're mentioning Shutterfly, it's just because we've used we've actually used them before, and it's a really nice product. We made some nice uh, presents for and for they have fabulous coupons, right? So I get them really cheap. I mean, this is. This is not an endorsement that we're getting paid for. This is just stuff we've used. So um, right. So we'd be looking for any advice if you right. you know if you know of any service that does scanning mm-hmm. or you know if you have another service that you use beyond Shutterfly for right. making photo books. You know, we'd love to hear your ideas as right. well. Shutterfly is a Minnesota company just down in Shakopee, Minnesota. Yes, Ka-ching. it is. <laughs> See, you guys should pay me now, right? That's right. So, cool. so you know, back, point, you know, yeah, just, just finishing up yeah. point one, yeah. you know, what worked for me was mm-hmm. I, you know, we talked about doing the 
the 30 day method or the, you know, the method where you, you know, the first day you get rid of one thing Mm -hmm. and the next day two things. When I get on a roll, I mean, you know me with a project, I'm like a bulldog. So I have to take it one room at a time Mm -hmm. and I pretty much, you know, will dig in and go through a room in a day. And that's, that's what I do. For me, it's a little harder. I kind of examine things and look at them and try to decide if I really need them or not. And then I stall. (laughs) I think that you get distracted by other little projects too. So, but we're, you know, that's, that's, that's what works for us. Figure out what works for you. And and now I have a deadline, so I have to hustle. Yeah. We got a whole bunch of camping stuff we have to go through. Holy schmoly. That's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yes, it will. <laughs> All right. Have we killed number one? Yes. All right. What's number so, two? So number two, I wanted to dig into a little bit more about how I actually go through the stuff in mm-hmm. a room. So what I do is I create four bins. and This the, is true. She does. I truly do this. Mm-hmm. And the first one is a bin that is to give or to sell. Mm-hmm. That's true. The second one is to throw or recycle. The third is to keep. And the fourth is my undecided bin. So I start and I I do this. I a lot of the undecided bin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that bin does not get to stick around for very long. That's the thing. So, But it it is good for those items that you're really, especially some of the sentimental things that you're really struggling to get rid of. Put it in that bin and give yourself a little bit of time. Mm hmm. Give yourself a little grace to to think through it. But then, um, so for number three, after I've created those bins, take each bin at a time. The items that are in the give bin, if, if there's something that I am going to donate to the thrift store or take to a friend or a family member, I get rid of it immediately. Yeah, it doesn't you know? stick around long, that's for sure. It can't stick around yeah. or you might second guess yourself right. or you're just living in chaos and mm-hmm. I just I can't function like that. Yeah, so she doesn't do well in chaos. So I just I take the bin, the give bin, I pick it up, I take it out to my car and I stick it in the car and I'll typically, you know, go run by the thrift store after work mm-hmm. the next day or as soon as I can. Right. My way home from church or something. We've done that too. Right. And mm-hmm. if it's in the, the throw or the recycle bin, you know, immediately take it out to your garbage bin if it's if it's garbage. And if it's recycle, put it in your recycle bin. Maybe it's things you need to take to a recycle center. Right. You know, those go right into the car too. You know, I I actually drove around for three days with, with a big bin full of used paint cans. Right. You know, with a little bit of paint left in them. You know, you can, if it's a tiny little bit of paint, they say just take the lid off and let it dry out. And then you can get it out in the trash. Right. Yep. But if it's aerosol, spray cans, Mm -hmm. if if they're not used up all the way, or if it's paint that has like a quarter of a can, uh, you know, a quarter of its full, you know, just take it to the recycle center. Right. I, at least we have that here in the Twin Cities. I, right. I'm assuming that they have that everywhere. You would, think so, you would think so, that it's around the county. Check with your county, because that's who runs it here in Minnesota anyway. So they've got their different recycle centers in the north side of the county and the south side of the county. So it makes it a little more convenient for us. Yep. Yeah, and we, we have given a lot of stuff to family, to friends. Our neighbors got some stuff. Um, the thrift store has gotten a lot. We talked about that in the last podcast, too. Right. Where we've actually gone in later, hey, you know, maybe to get a jacket or something. Hey, there's that stuff we used to have over there. Yeah. <laughs> and people are buying it, and that's great. I love 
giving things away. I mean, I do as much as I love getting things, I love giving things. And if it's something that that I'm not using, I love to give it to someone else. So I know that someone else will get value from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's, that's, a, that's really important to me. So that's, that's your give or throw bin. And then, so for your keep bin, so this is number four. If, if it's an item in your keep bin, you're going to ask yourself, does it serve a purpose mm-hmm. and does it bring you joy? Right. Those, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And you got to be really honest with yourself because you could say just about everything serves a purpose. True. But what is really what is really useful and what do you really need? I mean, do you really need six vegetable peelers? Because I think at one point we had that. I mean, you know, with combining our house with my mom and dad's house. And and I know your mom has gone through this with her brother and her mom. Yep, and you know, true. And she has an overwhelm. I mean, there is so much stuff. I don't even think she knows where to start to, to get rid of stuff. No, so. no. There's, there's too much in there. And there is a lot of the someday or eventually or maybe right. in there and uh you really have to be yeah this is this is the thing you have to be honest with yourself and um you know are you ever going to use that thing you know like model boats are you ever going to use those probably not anymore so it's time to get rid of that stuff right so. because you know your habits and your hobbies have evolved and yeah. maybe that thing that you thought you know was important to you isn't so important anymore right. so it's it's a constant process too i mean even now i feel like i want to go back through some of the rooms that we've already gone through and 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 revisit. I think that's stage stuff. two. That is stage two. After we get done <laughs> we with the basement, the basement and the construction. First. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, that is a really that was a takeaway that I got from the minimalists, and I know that they got from you know that was not something that they coined, right? But it is so true, and it's so liberating. And it's something that I have had to ask myself over and over again, going through things that were sentimental, you know, from losing my mom. And, you know, my mom was a very crafty, artistic person, and and she was a very loving, sentimental woman. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that really pull at the heartstrings. But at the end of the day, the thing is not where the memory is. The thing, the memory is inside of me. And, you know, sometimes things can spark a memory. Right. So keep some very special mementos and things that, you know, that are really, really neat and special and important to you. And maybe some of the things you just take a picture of it so that it will spark that memory. But, but the, the things aren't where the memories are. Right. And that has been pretty liberating for me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the other hurdle is? What's that? Monetary value. Yes. This is something that we've had experience with, and some things, folks, they don't have a lot of value anymore, right? Right. The, they did at one time. They did at they one time. They don't anymore. But maybe that old chair that doesn't have a seat and it's rotting out, maybe it just doesn't have a lot of value, even though great-great-grandpa Sisyphus drank his beer in that or something. It just... It might not be worth it, you know, so get rid of it. You need to stop trying to have some big garage sale and put maximum prices on this stuff and then just end up with all the same stuff again. You need to get through it. You need to get rid of it. Right. 
Yeah. The point of a garage sale is to get rid of stuff. And if you make a little pocket change in the process, then great. And, and I'd say another thing we've found out about garage sales is it's a lot of work for little return sometimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't garage to, sale anymore. I'll just If it's something right. that has more than a $20 value or fi- really 50 maybe even 100 for us, I'll sell it on Craigslist. Right. Otherwise, I just donate it. And right. take, we just take a, don- a, deduc- a deduction on right. our... The write-off on our tax return. Craigslist, eBay, those are great tools to sell things that are a little more specialized or things that might have a little value to it. Right. And and we have done that. I did that before the move, and I need to finish up with some of those things. But uh, get rid of it. Get rid of it because... Well, what you realize is the clutter isn't just physical. It is mental, it's emotional, and it's financial, and... By keeping it in your house, it's just keeping you weighed down. Right. You know, it's a letting go process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a thing. And it's not going with you when you die. Right. It's not. Somebody else I, is going to have to deal with it. Right. You know, what is the saying? Have you ever seen a U-Haul, you know, following a hearse? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> if it is, it's by mistake. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Something's going on there. I don't know what, but uh, yeah. Well, good. That's a good point. Excellent point. Yes. Yeah. So then um, that brings us to our undecided bin. Mm-hmm. So this is point five. Um, so the undecided bin is something that that I it was necessary for me, you know, especially for the things that were my mom's. But, you know, if it was something that I was on the fence about whether to keep or to get rid of, I put it in the undecided bin and I kept that bin for one month. And I kept it, all of the bins that I have, I kept in a really prominent place in the house. Yep. Because even if, you know, if it didn't immediately go out to my car, I wanted it to be a nuisance because I wanted to get rid of it. That was the point. (laughs) So the undecided. Got frustrated with it and the hell with this. I'm taking it out to the thrift store. The undecided bin would maybe sit in the middle of my living room floor. And then if I had kept it for a month and I realized the things in it I hadn't, touched or thought of in that month, then, you know, if it was something that was sentimental of my mom's, I took a picture of it and then I got rid of it, mm-hmm. donated, right. gave away, or, you know, if it, if it had no value or was, you know, worn out or past its prime, we would throw it away. No, I forgot to mention the other, one of the other places where we got rid of some stuff, consignment store for all that right. specialty niche stuff, like the wedding stuff, all that oh, the yeah. flower stuff. When we got a check for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, we um, made we made back quite a bit of money. Yeah. I consigned all of my wedding su- wedding floral mm-hmm. supply inventory. Right. So we had tons of vases and you know, there's there's a place in the Twin Cities called Bride to Be Consignment. So that's where I took you know, all of my stuff and and we did make back a good right. a good amount of money. That was well worth the process of taking all the stuff over there. Right, right. So somebody like Jay, who might be getting rid of a bunch of tactical backpacks and different gear, maybe he wants to go to a pawn shop or a uh, military surplus store or something. Maybe they would buy that stuff off of them or something. But the key Do is Do pawn get, shops work like on consignment? Uh, maybe not consignment, but sell that stuff. and Or maybe he's got something worth selling. I don't know. Yeah. So Yeah, there you go. There's different ways to do it. Yeah, absolutely. The key is to get it out. Right. Yeah, that's that's just it. You have to you have to get the stuff out of your life. It right. is just there's no 
describing how freeing it is to declutter right and to just free up your space because it frees up your time and it frees up your money and your mental capacity right it really does mm-hmm. you just don't have you don't have to spend your time worrying about this stuff and cleaning it and reorganizing yeah. it and reorganizing i mean for as much as i like to joke about that i love to be organized and use my labeler and i want to label very few things that's <laughs> my goal <laughs> I don't want to have a lot left. I don't to believe label. you. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. Well, you did. Un- you did label my underwear. That's true. <laughs> I really love that thing. I know you do. And I, I came home this week from this weekend in Wisconsin, and there, right on my desk, was the labeler. You had been labeling oh, something. <laughs> I was using that bad boy. I know. I know. It's still there. It's because I'm getting organized. <laughs> So that takes us into the last point that we wanted to make, number six. You know, once you've cleared out, freed up space, gotten rid of the stuff, Mm -hmm. then you get to restock the shelves and the drawers. and, And having empty shelves and drawers... That's okay. Yeah. You know, we we are always getting more stuff in our life. True. You know, it's it's going to fill up again, but it doesn't have to. You don't have to rush out and buy a thing to fill it up. But for me, it is fun to just put the stuff back in and, and just see it organized and everything's in its place. Because that's, that's my goal is for everything to have a purpose and for everything to have its place. Mm-hmm. and to have no multiples of things we don't need to have multiples of. And that's a hint that we need to sell that extra lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, we ended up with two lawnmowers. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to get rid of one. <clears throat> if anyone's in the market for a really yeah, good used lawnmower. a really lawnmower, good used lawnmower. And both of them are relatively one. new. Yeah, they're, right. they're relatively new. Yeah, this is um, something that I've been turning over in my head. I know that some of our listeners are preppers. Right. You know? Yeah. Preparing for... That's a whole nother ballgame, though. Oh, I know, I know. Because then you've got food stocks and you're rotating food stocks and water. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you've got as you're uh, preparing for stuff to hit the fan, so to speak. So I know we've got listeners in the Frugal Preppers Facebook group and uh, Michael Jordan's uh, IPUG group. Um, so this, I would love to get there. I would love to talk to one of them or get some some points, some discussion points from them on how do they keep that stuff organized. Even Michael Bell, I know he's got some stuff hanging around for reasons, but I would love to get their take on how do you organize it? How do you keep it from getting out of control? I mean, if you watch Doomsday Preppers, they've got, and these guys are the outliers probably, but they had stuff all over the place and rooms full of stuff. I think it would drive me insane. Right. I mean, you might be ready for the zombie apocalypse, but holy Moses, you've spent a lot of money and you're wasting a lot of space with stuff. Right. Yeah, I can't live in that <laughs> mindset or I would drive myself crazy. So, but I do also, like I did, for for quite a while, I was very into the whole couponing. Yeah thing and what i realized and why i went away from that is that i was buying a lot of things that we didn't really need or even use mm. sometimes just because it was super discounted price or even free um so i what i do is try to do it um you know they the whole couponing thing and sales at stores it's a cyclical thing true and it 
and it seems to be kind of like on a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. So if something is a really good value on sale that we use, I will stock up for for about a three month period right. on it. So you know if if when chicken goes on sale, you know really cheap, you know I'm going to stock up on that item to last us through till the next sale when it will be that same price. But you know especially with perishable food. You know, there is a shelf life, even in a freezer. True. Some people we know need to learn that because <laughs> yeah, that's true. after six months in a freezer, a lot of stuff is really not good. Yeah. You may be able to eat it, but it's not going to taste good and it and it may or may not be really good for you. So, <laughs> you know, there's some things I know there's there's a lot of sites out there that will tell you, you know, the the shelf life on different food items, you know, how long you can keep certain things in a freezer, how long you can keep it in a pantry, right. in a refrigerator. And those are really good, useful sites. But I, I try to kind of go on that rule of thumb to stockpile just as much as we need to get us through to the next sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I'd love to have some homesteaders check in, you know, and, and tell us what you think. I mean, our, our situation is different where we are in an urban area and we right. have a store that's five minutes away. I mean, some, some of you folks are Mm -hmm. 20 minutes away, half an hour away, an hour away in some cases. What are you guys doing? I'd love to hear how you're managing that, you know? Right. You know, for us too, I go on these canning binges where I can a whole ton of salsa or a whole ton of... Oh, that's also so good. uh, Pickles. Yeah, I know. I've got to bring out some out to California or Colorado for the barter blanket. But um, dilly beans, you know, I've got these stocks of stuff and we've got to eat through it or give it away because we're going to have a whole new round this year. You know, we don't want to have really old canned stuff. No. 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 So, yeah, we're trying to cycle through stuff. That's the bottom line here. Yeah. That's, yep, that's the point. We just want to, you know, use what we have mm-hmm. and um, just just have a lifestyle that's simple and intentional and, and, and well in control. And, you know, some of the other things, you know, getting the whole physical clutter under control really does help you be able to get your mental clutter and your financial clutter. I mean, if you physically are buried under stuff and you just, you know, you just have so much to deal with, it is not going to leave that mental capacity for you to be able to deal with the other areas in your life, your health, you know, your, Mm -hmm. your debt, you know, all of that is going to seem overwhelming. Yeah. So getting your physical life under control, getting your house under control can set the tone for you to get all other areas of your life in control. This is true. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yep. Really good point. I did have a question from the audience. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> the the audience asks, what was the biggest benefit you saw from the minimalist lifestyle change? That was from our good friend, Jay. That's a great question, Jay. The biggest benefit from the minimalist lifestyle. Oof. Well, I think, I mean, if I could answer, we, you just said it. I mean, it is, like, I talked about it in the last podcast where you were on it, episode 14. When we moved, I had a feeling of dread moving all that stuff up here. I wanted to light a torch, throw it in there. And close the door and walk away from all that junk. I mean, and a lot of it was 
really nice stuff, but to move it into a fully furnished house, we had, I mean, there's going to be pictures in the post, all these bins, all these boxes of extra stuff that we're going to have to find a home for. And it was a really feeling of dread. Where's all this going to go? How are we going to do it? How are we ever going to get through all of this? Where was it all going to fit? Yep. I mean, just a peace of mind, yes. like you were just saying, is one of the big benefits, I think. Yeah. I mean, and what, what popped into my head when I was pondering that question is it's, it's brought joy back into my life because there were so many years where I felt like we were just going through the motions mm-hmm. of life. You know, we, we would have fun. Yep. We would do things, but always in the back of my mind, there was, oh my God, we can't afford to do this. You know, we are broke. And, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I have, you know, how, how am I going to deal with all of this stuff? And there was always that stress and that constant, you know, pressure to make more money and to work harder and to, you know, to try to earn our way out of this mess. Right. And, you know, by by adopting this minimalist lifestyle and getting into this house that is so manageable for us and the payment is very manageable Mm -hmm. for the first time, I think, in in really and this is sad to say, but in our married life, I feel like we are ahead of the game and we are, you know, we have money to to do and to give and it's it's absolutely liberating and freeing and I feel like it's brought the joy back into my life that I can truly experience the joy. Well, and it's taken a lot of pressure off too. I mean, when you have a massive mortgage and insurance and credit card and home equity line and uh you know, credit cards and all of and utilities and all of these things piling up that's a lot of pressure, you know, and if the economy tanks or your your company decides to go overseas or company changes strategy and lays off a bunch of people, I mean, that's a horrendous thing that it's a really a horrendous thing that our country went through. Absolutely. And a lot of people still haven't recovered from that. And and you look at the way our millennials and, and Gen Z are are moving you know, it's a completely different economy than when we came out of school. It's a completely different situation. Right. And I think that's why they're embracing minimalism, too. And this speaks to them. You know, we've been there. We've been in the Prairie Palace. We've been stressed out and stretched thin and and we're not going back. No. Nope. And we're so much happier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've realized that shopping is not a hobby. (laughs) 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 It's actually kind of fun. I've turned... The minimalist lifestyle and budgeting and all these crazy things that would have been, you know, I would have just rolled my eyes at in the past. That's kind of my hobby now. And and I really enjoy finding new ways to solve a problem and, and you know, how can we make this dollar stretch further mm-hmm. and, and how can we organize our life so that we have more time to to do things with the people that we love and 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 give our time to help other people. You know, that's really important to me. Right, and I think the other thing it frees you up is you can actually see, you can actually plan for the future where it's not just, well, I have this really big mortgage that I'm not going to pay off until I'm 70 
So right. I need to keep working the same job for these people that really don't like me that might be moved overseas or something. I mean, we really didn't have 30s. We really didn't have a plan for the future. It was just work, 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 work to pay this house, 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 house. We were hamsters on a wheel. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, mm, we can do X in, in five years or 10 years, or we can do Y in five or 10 years. And, you know, having lower stress and more flexible jobs yes. gives you more degrees of freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. And don't get us wrong. I mean, we're not taking anything away from people that are, you know, striving to have oh, yeah. that. That, that, and, you know, some people, the job really is the thing that brings yeah. them joy in life. Right. You know, and that's, we're not taking away from that. You know, we just realized that. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. And, you know, having a bigger house and having, you know, more things. That never is going to bring you true happiness. Right. You know, it may make you happy for that moment in time, but, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to live with yourself and the mess that you have created. Yeah, I think I think Greg Burns said it. Check yourself before you wreck yourself is his his uh, saying. And then he's also like got it. another good saying. Be the change. Right. Yeah, Be the absolutely. change. So I really want to hear about his life in his small house with his big family. Well, and that's, we're lining Greg up and, uh, that we're is very intriguing. Yeah. To me. So he's, I think he's got seven kids in a small house about our size, if not smaller in Ohio and on a homestead and they homeschool and Oof. do some really cool stuff. And, uh, do Hogtoberfest. That's awesome. You got to go to Hogtoberfest, Jules. <laughs> I might have to work my way up to that. You might have to. Experience. I mean. Babe, I've just started considering chicken. <laughs> Slaughtering a pig and, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan's wife said that it was the best day ever. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> cool. All right. Anything else, darling? That's all I got. No, you did really good. This was great. This is really, this was a really fun podcast and was fun. I didn't roll out too many impressions this time, but I really, I, know, I was missing all our other cast of characters. Well, you know, I think it was wonderful. I've had a lot of things going on. I didn't want to override the show. This is only the 84th show. <laughs> I didn't say I was missing that particular <laughs> cast, <laughs> that particular character. I've just been firing people left and right. So, you know, I didn't want to come in and bog down the show. <laughs> cool alright baby well you did a great job I hope everybody if, hey if you guys have some questions um, if you need some help where to start I mean feel free to send a question in the contact us page on smallscalelife.com or uh, realsmallscalelife at gmail.com links in the show notes feel free I mean we're this is the track we're rolling down so absolutely I hope you all enjoy it and be part of it I mean we've got a lot of we're gonna have Greg Burns on the show we're gonna have some other people who are living a little bit different lifestyles not weird or anything but unless you know putting your whole family in a bus and driving across the country if you think that's you know I think that's awesome. I think that's pretty cool <laughs> I would love to. I, I can't wait to talk to them and some other homesteaders. And we're going to be in Colorado. They really and, need to have like a documentary. Oh, made they're about doing that. that. They Are did they a doing Kickstarter. That? They're doing a whole documentary, That's and they're having awesome. video. Oh yeah, it was really cool. So um, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be great, and I can't wait to have them on the show. Thanks, Jay, for setting that up. Um, we're going to have Jay back on the show. There's been some big changes in his life as he goes from his condo to compound, and uh, Jay. Yeah. 
Those pictures of your place look amazing. Yeah, so things are really... Things we got a lot of things. We're gonna have Michael Bell back on the show. He's he's doing really great stuff down on Dallas Half Acre Farms, and so I'm hoping to meet up with him whenever we get down there. And uh, I'm sure it will be in the near future. He's a very big man. Yes, he is for you. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I'm glad that you all are listening. We're gonna keep producing content. Uh, we might slow down a little bit as we get everything sorted and put away and 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 given away. But uh, stay tuned. Good things are coming. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on, baby. All right, everybody, take care and remember: learn, do, and grow. This is Tom from Small Scale Life. We'll see you soon.